0: Run, run, come, come on, come here. Go- chicken licken's here we go with our next story so in the days when the 12 apostles were teaching in christ's name in and around jerusalem and many people were believing in their words some of the jewish disciples from greece started to complain because they felt that their widows or women whose husbands had died were not being taken care of The twelve apostles acknowledged this and gathered all the disciples together and said, Oh, we really can't help take care of things like these neglected widows, since our job is to preach and teach and heal right now. So let's pick seven honest men who are full of wisdom and the Holy Ghost, and we will set them apart to be over business like this. Everyone agreed. So they chose seven honest men out of their group, and the apostles prayed and laid their hands on their on their heads, and set them apart to do important ministering work. Well, as the apostles and disciples continued to preach in Jesus' name, even more people in Jerusalem started to believe, even some of the temple priests. Now, one of the seven men the apostles had ordained to a special work was named Stephen. He was full of faith and power, and he did great wonders and many miracles. But after some time, some people in the synagogue there rose up and started to argue with him. But they couldn't fight against his wisdom and the spirit of the Holy Ghost. So they took him to the leaders and said, We have heard this man, Stephen, speak blasphemous lies against Moses and our God. So they held a council of leaders who found false witnesses against him, just like they did with Jesus. And the liars said, This man won't stop lying about the temple and our laws of Moses. We've heard him say that Jesus Christ will destroy this temple and will change the laws of Moses. All the leaders on that wicked council looked at Stephen, and guess what? His face was glowing like the face of an angel. God had had transfigured his body or changed it to be more holy than the other people there. After seeing this... high priests priests there asked Stephen, Are their words true? And Stephen began to teach them. He said, Everyone, listen to me. Do you remember the true story of when God appeared to Abraham and told him to leave his home country and travel to a new land? And after he traveled to the new land, which is the land that we are in right now, God said, I will give this land to your family. But not yet. Your children must go live in a strange land for a while, which we now know was Egypt, and they will be slaves to the Egyptians for four hundred years. And then I will punish the Egyptians, and your posterity will escape and come live in this land that I have given you. Then God made a covenant or a special promise with Abraham. And said he would give this promised land to Abraham's children if Abraham would circumcise himself and all of his sons and their male posterity and would be obedient to God. So Abraham was circumcised and his male posterity was circumcised, and history happened just as God said it would. Abraham's great grandson, Joseph, was sold as a slave into Egypt, and the rest of his family followed years later during the Great Famine. After 400 years had passed and the Israelite nation grew large and was enslaved to the Egyptians, God raised Moses up as a great prophet and led them all out of Egypt to go to the promised land. It was the same Moses who prophesied of Jesus Christ's life here on earth. He said, God will raise up a prophet just like me. You must listen to him. It was the same Moses who climbed Mount Sinai and received God's doctrine to teach to the Israelites. But the Israelites rejected him and wouldn't wait for him. In fact, they turned back to Egypt in their hearts and said to Moses' brother Aaron, The Egyptians worshipped many gods, so Aaron, make us a god to worship too. Moses has been on that mountain for so long, and we are getting bored of waiting for him. So they made a golden calf and worshipped that instead of God. And so God took his higher doctrine away from them. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before coming to this, the land that was promised to Abraham for his posterity. Abraham and our forefathers worshipped God while they lived in the wilderness. And then Moses was given instructions to create a tabernacle where the Israelites could worship God while in the wilderness. And then Solomon created this temple in Jerusalem where we can worship God. But don't you guys see? God doesn't live in these temples built by men. Just because you work in the temples here does not mean that you truly worship God in your hearts. In fact, your hearts are so stiff-necked and you don't keep your covenants with God and you always resist the Holy Ghost just like your disobedient Israelite forefathers did. There were no ancient prophets that they didn't hurt or kill, just like you guys hurt and murdered Jesus. Well, when the leaders there heard Stephen's words... They were cut to their hearts, just like the Jews had been pricked in their hearts when Peter spoke to them. But do you think those Jewish leaders repented? Of course they didn't. Their hearts were too hard. They gnashed on Stephen with their teeth, which means that they said mean and wicked things to him. But Stephen wasn't much bothered by them, because at that moment he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he looked up into heaven and saw Heavenly Father. And to Heavenly Father's right side, there stood Jesus. They were aware of what was happening to Stephen, and Stephen's heart took courage. And he said to the Jewish leaders, Listen, the heavens have opened up, and I see Jesus standing on the right hand of God. But the Jewish leaders didn't care. Some of them even plugged their ears. Some yelled at him, and they all ran together and grabbed him and threw him out of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And they all illegally agreed that Stephen needed to die. So they took off their cloaks and then they all grabbed big rocks and started to throw them at Stephen. Stephen prayed and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then Stephen kneeled down and cried loudly, Lord, please forgive them of this sin. And then Stephen died. He was the first martyr to die for his beliefs in Jesus Christ after Jesus was living on the earth. A martyr is someone who is killed for things that they believe in. Well, as the light and truth of Christ's gospel began to spread throughout all the land, there were mean people all over the land who were trying to stop the spread of it. And one particular man who was very mean to Christ's disciples and followers was named Saul. He would go into people's houses and send them to prison if they were worshiping Christ. Can you believe that? Can you imagine kneeling down for a family prayer one night and then having a wicked man coming into your home and sending you to prison because you were a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Well, that's what Saul was doing. We'll get back to Saul's story in a moment, but for now, I want to talk to you about a man named Philip. Do you remember how the apostles had ordained seven righteous men to travel around and minister to others? Well, Philip was one of them along with Stephen. He traveled to Samaria, where the disliked Samaritans lived, and preached to them about Christ. Now, you must know something about the Samaritans at that time. They really respected a man who lived there, whose name was Simon, because he was a sorcerer. This meant that he used dark magic, which is like the opposite of God's priesthood power. And he made people in Samaria to believe that he was a great and powerful man, even greater than God. So when Philip got to Samaria and started to teach them about Jesus and God, what do you think happened? The Samaritans didn't reject Philip because he was a Jew. In fact, they listened to him very carefully and saw the miracles he performed, like casting out evil spirits and healing the sick, and they were filled with great joy. And when the Samaritans believed in Philip's teachings about Jesus Christ, they chose to be baptized. Even Simon the sorcerer chose to be baptized. He followed Philip around and was amazed at the miracles and signs that he showed. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard about Philip's success in preaching the gospel in Samaria, they sent Peter and John out to them in order to give the newly baptized people the gift of the Holy Ghost through the Melchizedek priesthood. When Simon saw Peter and John laying their hands on people's heads to give them the gift of the Holy Ghost, he got some of his money together and he said, Hey, can I buy some of the same power that you guys have? I want to give others the gift of the Holy Ghost too. But Peter said, Um, no. Your money will die along with you because you thought that God's power could be bought. We will not give you priesthood power because your heart is not right before God. You need to repent of your wickedness and pray to Heavenly Father that He will forgive you for your wicked heart. And then Simon said, Oh, please pray for me. I don't want to perish and live in sin. Well, at this point, we don't know what happened next to Simon. But we do know that Peter and John taught the Samaritans a little bit and then went back to Jerusalem. And then an angel spoke to Philip and said, Start traveling south toward Gaza, which is a desert. So Philip obeyed and started traveling south And on his way, he met a man from Ethiopia, which was the region of land south of Jerusalem. Today, that land is what we call Africa. So this Ethiopian man was a servant of the queen of Ethiopia, whose name was Candace. He had traveled to Jerusalem to worship God, and was on his way back, riding in a chariot and reading some scriptures from Isaiah that compared Jesus to a lamb. When Philip saw the man, the spirit said to Philip, Go join him. So Philip ran over to the chariot and said to the man, Ah, oh, I hear that you're reading Isaiah. Can you understand what you're reading? And the man said, It's impossible for me to understand these scriptures unless someone explains them to me. And he asked Philip to ride with him in his chariot and to discuss Isaiah's writings with him. He asked, Who is the prophet Isaiah talking about in these scriptures? Is he speaking of himself? Or some other guy. And then Peter began to teach the man about Jesus Christ. As the chariot traveled on southward, it drove past a body of water, maybe a lake. And the man looked at the water, and he said to Philip, Look, what is keeping me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you can be baptized. And the man answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he commanded that the chariot should stop and he and Philip went into the water and Philip baptized him and when they came up out of the water the spirit took Philip away so the man couldn't see Philip anywhere the man continued on his journey and rejoiced the whole way oh how I love that story Can you say, just as this man did, that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? If so, and you haven't been baptized yet, do you plan on being baptized someday? It might be soon, or that time may still be far away for you, but you can prepare by strengthening your faith in Jesus. Now, let's get back to our story about Saul. Saul. While Philip was busy baptizing people who believed in Christ, Saul was busy trying to kill people who believed in Christ. He went to the high priest and asked him to write a letter to the Jewish leaders in a city called Damascus, which was north of Galilee, and he wanted the letters to tell the leaders that he, Saul, had permission to tie up anyone there who believed in Christ and bring them back to Jerusalem. Like I said before, he was a very wicked man. Well, as he was traveling on his way to Damascus with a group of men, all of a sudden, a bright light from heaven started shining all around him. Saul fell to the earth and he heard Jesus say, Saul, Saul, why do you treat me so poorly? And Saul said, Um, sir, who are you? And Jesus said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. Let me tell you something, it is difficult to kick against the pricks, which means that it is difficult to fight against my power. It will only bring hurt and misery to yourself. Saul began to tremble and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And Jesus said, I want you to get up and go into Damascus, and then you will find out what I want you to do next. The men who were traveling with Saul could see the same light that he could, but they could not hear Jesus' voice, and they were very afraid. After this great vision, Saul stood back up, but he was blind. He couldn't see anyone. The men that were with him helped him make his way to Damascus, and he was blind for three days and three nights, and during that time he did not eat or drink anything. While this was happening to Saul, there was a disciple of Christ who lived in Damascus named Ananias. This is a different Ananias than the one who died from lying to Peter about how much money he was donating to the church. Well, one day Ananias had a vision from the Lord and the Lord said to him, please travel to the street named Straight and go to a man named Judas's house. When you get there, asked to see a man named Saul. He is praying right now and I have given him a vision of you going to heal him to give him back his sight. Well, Ananias knew who Saul was and what he did to people who believed in Jesus. So he said, um, Lord, I have heard from many different people about this man and how evil he is to your saints. He has been Given permission to tie up everyone here who calls on your name. But Jesus said, Please go anyway, for I have chosen him to do a special work for me in spreading teachings about me all around to Gentiles and kings and Israelites, and I will show him that he must suffer many great things for my name's sake. So Ananias chose to be obedient and to trust in the Lord even though he was feeling scared. So he traveled to Judas's house and laid his hands on Saul's head and said, "Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost." All of a sudden Saul's sight came back. He said it was like having scales falling off of his eyes so that he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. After he ate and got his strength back, he stayed with the disciples in, the, in Damascus for a little while. And then, can you believe it, he started preaching about Christ in the synagogues all around, telling people that Christ was the Son of God. Not surprisingly, everyone who heard him was amazed and said, Wait a minute, isn't this the same guy who destroyed people in Jerusalem who say they believed in Christ? And didn't he come here to Damascus to do the same? Well, Saul was a very intelligent man, and he was able to prove to the Jews there that Jesus was indeed God's son. His preaching and teaching was so powerful, in fact, that the Jewish leaders there, surprise, surprise, gathered together to figure out a way to kill him. They hid at the gates to the city night and day, hoping to catch him. But he knew of their plans. And so the disciples there in the city came up with a way to help him escape. Saul was a very short man. In fact, we have a description of what he looks like from the prophet Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith said that Saul is about five feet tall. That's even shorter than I am. Joseph Smith said, Saul has very dark hair, a dark complexion, dark skin, a large Roman nose, a sharp face, Small black eyes, penetrating as eternity, round shoulders, a whining voice, except when elevated, and then it almost resembles the roaring of a lion. He was a good orator. Anyway, Saul was such a tiny man that to help him escape Damascus, they stuffed him into a basket, tied it to a rope, and then lowered him over the city walls. After he escaped, he quickly traveled to Jerusalem to meet up with the disciples there. But the disciples had no idea what had happened to Saul on his way to Damascus, so they were very scared of him. No one there believed that he was a fellow disciple of Christ. So a man named Barnabas brought Saul before the twelve apostles. When he got there, Saul told them the whole story of the vision that he had seen and of his blindness, and his healing, and his teachings and preachings in Damascus, and of his sneaky escape from the city. They believed him, so he stayed with them in Jerusalem, teaching and preaching boldly about Jesus Christ. He argued with Greeks who wanted to kill him, so the apostles sent him on a mission to a different land. At that time, all of Christ's disciples were able to rest and to teach one another, And they worshipped Christ together and were comforted by the Holy Ghost. And the number of saints just kept on increasing. It was such a peaceful time for them. One day, Peter traveled to visit the saints in a place called Lydda. And while he was there, he healed a man named Aeneas, (coughs) who had been sick with palsy and stuck in his bed for eight whole years. He said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Stand up and make your bed. And Aeneas was immediately healed. And everyone in that place and the surrounding areas turned their hearts to the Lord because of the miracle they had seen. There was a town called Joppa that was near Lydda. And in Joppa there lived a disciple named Tabitha or Dorcas. And she was full of good works and service. Well, one day Tabitha got really sick and she died. When her friends and family had taken care of her body, they laid it in an upper room of their house, and they sent word to Peter and Lydda to come quickly. When he got there, they brought him to the upper room where Tabitha's body was, and there were many many widows there who were crying and showing Peter the beautiful coats and clothing that Tabitha had made when she was still alive. But Peter asked them all to leave, and he knelt down and prayed to Heavenly Father, And then he turned towards the bed and said, Tabitha, arise. And immediately she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she woke up. This was a miracle and the first time anyone had raised anyone from the dead since Christ had raised Lazarus. Now, I might have explained this before, but I want to explain it again. There is a difference between raising someone from the dead and being resurrected. When you're resurrected, your spirit and your body become, and your perfect body come together and will never be separated again. But when someone is raised from the dead, their spirit enters back into their imperfect body for the time being, until they die again in mortality. Well, many people in Joppa believed in the Lord once they heard of this miracle that Peter had performed. The church was growing in size, and I imagine it was an exciting time for the apostles and fellow saints. That is the end of this story for now. Next time, we will continue with the story of the growth of the church, and we'll hear about some more of Saul's ministry. Until then, have a wonderful day. Bye, little chickies.